the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If this is the first time you heard the show, hey, welcome aboard. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the second part of the show, a lot of times we talk about politics, history, religion, or whatever. And if you've been following the first part of the show, you know that we start each show with one of our employees on the show. And, and we're very pleased to have one of our newest employees, Gladys Zakharova. Welcome to Connors Corner. Hi, thanks for having me today. Okay, so tell me, uh, tell us something about yourself now. Where are you from originally? Sure, so I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, I just graduated Cardozo School of Law this past May, and now I'm waiting to be admitted into New York. Okay, so do you speak any other languages? Yes, so I speak English and Russian. Okay, so where did you learn your Russian from? My family speaks Russian at home to me, um, so I've been speaking it throughout my life. Okay, now you see one of the questions from the email. Can you repeat the question for us? Yeah, sure. Okay, so if I transfer my house to my disabled daughter, can the state take the house to pay for her care? Yeah, and actually that's a good question because there are a lot of little facets to it. One, and very few people realize this, but if for the sake of argument, the parent is looking for medical assistance, Medicaid, to pay for either home care bills or nursing home bills. A transfer to a disabled child is what we call an exempt transfer. And we are going to talk about later in the show about the new rules that are changing as far as Medicaid, effective January 1st in New York. But basically, let's say you have a elderly person, whatever, they have a disabled child. If they transfer their house to a disabled child, that house is an exempt transfer and they can immediately qualify for either home care Medicaid or nursing home Medicaid. Now the problem with that is if the disabled child is on Medicaid, when the disabled child passes away, and even if the child's not on Medicaid at present, 
obviously if they're disabled uh, at a relatively early age they might be on medicaid by the time they pass away then medicaid will put a lien on the house so what's our solution there we put the house in a trust and you know we talk about trusts every week and basically it's a family contract it's your house as long as you're alive after you're gone it goes in trust for your daughter she doesn't sign the deed she doesn't manage it and that way god forbid she has medical bills medicaid bills after she's gone medicaid cannot put a lien on the house so if you have a disabled child they don't have to live in the house and this is one of the confusions that some people have excuse me the child does not have to live in the house if the child collects social security disability if the child's disabled where they can't work if we put the house in trust for a disabled child that house is automatically protected from medical bills nursing home bills and as far as the house is concerned, you can apply for Medicaid within a couple of months. Now, to protect the child, again, it stays in the trust for the child's lifetime. And then you choose the beneficiaries after the child is gone. Now, I know some people um, think, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I, if I do that, isn't the law such that the when the disabled child is gone, there's a lien on the house for the medical bills? No. If you do it right and you put it in a trust, you're allowed to put your house in trust and then choose the beneficiaries who get your house after your, in this case, what was it, daughter, after the daughter passes away. So let's say you have a son. You can say my daughter has a right to live in the house. It's used for her benefit as long as she is alive. But after she's gone, it goes to my son or my nephews and nieces or my charities or whatever it is. The trick and the hard part about this is you have to choose someone you have to pick someone to be, you know, a trustee. And that person usually is going to be a family member. 90% of the time it's going to be a family member. Um, whether it's a son, daughter, trusted nephew or niece, maybe a cousin, maybe it's going to be a best friend. If there's nobody else, you can use a lawyer to be the trustee, you know, to, to manage it for the child. It's going to cost a little bit more than if you had a friend or a relative as far as over the long run managing the trust because all the... Uh, all the transactions have to be monitored by the attorney general's office if it's going to charity or by other family members or whatever. So it, it, it's, you know, a little bit more expensive over the long haul to have an attorney as trustee in that case. But if that there's no other alternative, yes, we can do that for you. And we do have a network in place where we are ta taking care of people that are disabled and they have nobody else to help pay their bills, manage their assets, pay for their home attendance, get their home attendance on benefits whatever it needs to be done. So if you want to give us a call about that, you're in that situation, give us a call at Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. I go to each office usually about once a week. And if you want to see me, you're more than welcome to see me. Give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Now, Gladys, um, you're out of low. How good is your math skills? Weak. Weak, okay. Well, that's one of the things you're going to have to learn here. you got to not necessarily be a, a master at math, but we got to know the taxes. And, of course, um, usually if you come in to me, I can figure out the numbers, your taxes, what you may have to pay. Because here's one of the things. If the estate tax in New York, once you go over $6 million if you're single, the estate tax is horrendous. 
And our job, if you're, if you're over $6 million, is somehow to get you legally to under $6 million. And there are a lot of different things we can do. There's certain trusts we can do uh, where we give up the right to change the beneficiaries. Uh, we can sometimes we buy some property in another state. You know, like in other words, if you have, let's say you have an extra $300,000 and that's in your name. You take that $300,000 and you buy a house in Florida, well, then that house is not going to be taxed in New York, and that could save your children your family like $500,000 in taxes to buy a $300,000 house in Florida. And, of course, I think most of you know out there, there's no death tax, there's no estate tax in Florida. There's no federal estate tax, at least as of now, under $12 million and change. So... That's the general idea. We try to put a plan together that avoids probate, avoids going through court, protects assets from medical bills, nursing home bills, and hopefully leaves the property tax-free to your children, your heirs, your nephews and nieces, whatever. Of course, if you're leaving it to charity, uh, they're not going to pay taxes on it if you leave it to charity. But, you know, at the same point, our our goal is to get your estate out tax-free. And you know, come in, we'll talk it over, and I can tell you what the consequences are if you do no planning, and then hopefully we can work on some kind of plan where you get your assets again. We don't want to go through probate, which we avoid probate when you pass away. There are no assets in your name alone when you pass away. We want to get the assets out tax-free, and, you know, as far as probate and capital gains taxes, And we don't want to have to go through court. We don't want your children to have to go through court because right now, depending on which county you live, sometimes it takes two, three years to get through court, which means you could have a son or daughter. You leave the house to your son and your daughter. You've got the wrong judge assigned to your file. And it could take that judge two to three years to sign the order before your children can sell the house if you leave the house to your children in a will. Some people think I have a will. That avoids probate. The assets go straight out to my children. They don't go through... uh, through court. If you leave your assets through your will, it's going to go through court. That's why in a lot of cases we talk about doing a trust agreement to avoid probate. Now, Gladys, how much did you learn about trusts in law school? I took a class on it. Okay. And how much did you learn as a practical matter? Um, well, I do know what a will is. I know what a trust is. Capital gains tax, no. Um, I would say I learned the basics. Okay. But I think a lot of people don't really understand that if you have a will and you want to pass assets through a will, it has to go through court, which means a surrogate's court judge, if you live in New York, it's called the surrogate's court. If you live in New Jersey, it's called the surrogate's court. That the surrogate's court or the probate court has to approve the will. And that's not always routine. In New Jersey, it's a lot easier than New York. I won't doubt that. Um, in fact, I know that to be true. But if at the same time, if, if you have a will in New York, and I, I leave my house to my son and my daughter, and it could be very, very simple, and you think it's very, very simple, but somebody maybe removed the staples to the will. Somebody wrote on the, the will, making a copy of it, saying copy or original or whatever it is. Those things cost delays. And right now with the you know post-COVID world, and I don't know if we're in a post-COVID world, if that's the right way to say it, but in today's world, with delays occasioned by the COVID pandemic, it takes a long time to get through court. And I don't think, let's say, if you're going to law school, and I think a lot of general practice lawyers don't understand that the delays that could be involved. Especially in New York courts. They're very congested all the time. Yes. All right. 
So I think we're going to take a short break. You listen to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Be back in a few minutes. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help, too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, Paul's in the office. Uh, Always a pleasure. Okay, so, Nicole, you were bringing up a point about sometimes people misapprehend 
when they sign a power of attorney or a trust agreement, they think they're giving up control. A lot of times I hear people say, well, I signed a power of attorney uh, to my son. That means he has control over me. Yeah. I mean, I would beg people to realize that you're not signing these documents for today or even tomorrow. If you can make a decision and keep your household running as is until you're 110 years old, bravo to you. You really should keep doing that. This goes into effect, God forbid, you cannot. And people say, well, I'll wait till then to sign it. Well, if you cannot make a decision, you probably cannot sign your name. Right. And I I mean, when somebody says, you know, my son has power of attorney over me, that's never quite a correct statement. You can fire your son as power of attorney um, if you want to. Your child doesn't have control over you, even if you signed a power of attorney to him. You can fire a a power of attorney and appoint somebody else. So if your son is neglecting you or not doing the right thing by you, you can fire him and put some other family member in there, or you can put an attorney in there. That's a last resort. Ordinarily, would recommend family first. But if there's nobody else and you want an attorney to handle your things, who attorneys, you know, it may cost a little bit more because attorneys have to keep records and uh, report to the court or something. But still, that's an option if that's what you want to do. And the, even when you sign an irrevocable trust, I think a lot of people don't understand that an irrevocable trust in a lot of cases can be changed. The famous statement, so now my kids own my house. No, your kids do not own your house. And anybody who does an irrevocable trust here with us sees that, yes, the deed is changed. Your kids' names do go on the deed, but it's not as individuals, right? They're just on there as trustees. And the importance of an irrevocable trust is you have a retained interest in it, meaning you, the grantor, right? So you're not just giving away your house. You have what's called a power of appointment. You can disinherit your kids. I know scandalous, but it happens sometimes. And you can also fire your kids as trustees, which I know some parents don't want to do. But sometimes when push comes to shove, business over fun and you got to do what's best. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, like you're talking about a trust, let's say that we've drafted here in our office, which gives you these options. And again, when I do the seminars, I tell everybody, you know, if you ask me, can I do this in the trust? Can I do that in the trust? The answer is almost always yes. A trust is a very flexible document. You know, can you say, you know, Otto's here in the office with us. Can you say, I don't want my house to be sold until my dog dies because I don't want my dog to find another home? Yeah, we can do that. And, of course, there was a case. We've done it a couple of times, but there was a case in Florida where uh, I think it was a $4 million mansion could not be sold until the dog dies and six employees were kept on salary to keep the dog into the lifestyle to which the dog was accustomed. So again, if people ask me, can I do this in a trust? Can I do that in a trust? The answer is always yes. But here's one of the problems, and this is getting to be a a little bit of a pet peeve for me right now. Those books, um, those binders, I don't know how many of you out there have seen it. You know, it's like a black book with a binder and they even have commercials for them now. Get your trust kit for five ninety nine. Really? I didn't see that. Where is that? Um, interestingly enough, there was one on Lifetime, Hallmark, AMC has them, which I found to be very interesting because, you know, I know Hallmark. My grandma watches that and she would think that that's a good idea, not knowing. Well, 
the value comes from the back and forth that you're talking to somebody and really fleshing out the ideas. Again, guys, you know how I feel about do-it-yourself kits. <laughs> well, you know, here's one of the problems. And I mean, I've seen some of those kits and they say, you know, they sign a deed, but they don't record the deed. And I'll tell you something right now. I don't know how to record a deed. Yes, I used to do it myself, but things have changed and you got to log into a computer you got to log in the computer program and you have to give them a copy of the deed and then go down with an index number or something like that. And, you know, I'm fairly comfortable with the forms filling it out. But if you haven't seen those forms before, I can't imagine that somebody could read those forms and understand them if they're a layperson or even a lawyer who doesn't do this. If you could understand those forms, fill them out and get them recorded with the recording office. Forget just filling them out. A lot of people get taken aback because if you actually get to the point where you're transferring your deed, you're noticing that you're signing on a line that calls you a grantor or a seller. And you're saying, wait, 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 I'm not selling my house. Why does it say that? And I have to explain it oftentimes that, you know, good old New York, they just haven't updated the documents and they have the same set of transfer documents for everything that they do, no matter whether we're selling or just transferring. And people get caught up on that. And that alone can cause people not to want to sign it without that kind of explanation. Right. Like, for instance, for the sake of argument, you do, you know, a trust kit and you fill it out and then you get the forms to fill out a deed and you say, you know, seller, buyer. So, wait a minute, I'm not selling my house here. Why do I have to fill out that form? Transfer tax. What kind of transfer tax do I have to pay? And if you're, if you're not familiar with the forms, you, you, know, you don't know what to do or not to do, believe me, they are confusing, to put it mildly. So, you know, if you, if you got a house in New York, it's probably worth a million dollars. Yeah, maybe it's worth seven or 800 house, and if, if, if your house is not in the best of shape. And depending on your neighborhood. But, you know, for the most part, if you own a house in New York City, it's worth a million dollars. Do the right thing. Do the proper planning. You don't want that house to go through probate because you didn't fill out the forms correctly in that trust kit. And I'll tell you right now, I can read some of those trust kits. And in a lot of cases, you can't make heads or tails out of it because this contradictory language, page 7, paragraph 3, contradicts page 10, paragraph 2. And which one controls, well, it's anybody's guess. You know, what did what did you mean? And I've seen a lot of people who, who sign those kits, and they don't really know what they're signing. Because I saw a lady the other day, and she signed a, you know, prefab will or whatever, and she had the right part. I leave, you know, whatever assets to my best friend, fine and good. And then it says, if my best friend dies, in effect, now it's not worded as clearly as what I just said, if my best friend dies, my assets go to my next of kin by law. And again, they don't even say it that clearly. They say distributees under the state of New York and so forth and so on. Well, this lady I was talking to said, well, wait a minute. That's my first cousins. I haven't seen them in 30 or 40 years, but that's what your will says. And, you know, people sign a, you know, people sign forms all the time and they really don't know what's in it. They do have to be explained. You have to be careful. How many times do you see somebody sign a living will and they say something that they really don't want? Chances are if you're reading into it and, well, first off, guys, let's be serious. Read everything before you sign it. But if you're reading it and you don't understand it, that alone should be an inclination that the conversation with somebody who does understand it would help. 
um which is why i think it's very valuable to like when i tell you guys go to the ophthalmologist for your eyes whatever doctors for whatever issues you have always come to an attorney who does estate planning and specializes in estate planning for your estate planning because we know it's not rocket science but it kind of is yeah, and listen, again, this is a pet peeve of mine, but some of the people who sell these trust agreements by kit who are lawyers really do not understand. They buy it into a service. They get, you know, they pay the service for the forms. And, you know, they fill out the blanks, but they don't really understand the background behind it. And listen, 30 years ago, I didn't understand as much as I understand now. Um, but it, it's not always simple, and you can make mistakes. And we're talking about it, living wills. I see people sign living wills all the time, and they come into the office and says, do you know if you're in a coma, you want them to withdraw all feeding, your kidneys collapse, your body collapses, and it's a horrible death to your you know, to family to go through? And I said, no, I didn't know that. Well, you know, the Clause 7 says that if you're in a coma, you don't want a feeding tube or artificial hydration or nutrition to be administered. Now, maybe that's what you want, and some people do, and I kind of disagree with that, but if that's what you want, that's fine. That's your decision. It's your body, not ours. But at the same time, know what you're signing. And I can tell you there are a lot of people, I want to sign a DNR, and they're, let's say, 70 years old in good health. Why do you want to see sign a DNR? That means if you have a heart attack, you don't want them to save your life. And of course, even if you do sign a DNR, in a lot of cases, they will try to save your life because that's their job of the paramedics, the EMS people or whatever. They can't go around reading documents if you're dying of a heart attack. But, you know, you don't just give away your life that easy. And I heard one doctor, and I'm not even sure if it's 100% right, but I remember him talking to a client patient. He was that client's uh, doctor, and so it was the, this doctor's patient, our client. And he says, listen, if you sign this, in some hospitals, they won't even give you the Heimlich maneuver if you sign a DNR. So they could be choking on a piece of meat, and they're going to let you die because you signed a DNR. Maybe you got some years left. Maybe you got some months left. In some cases, to have some good months left is, you know, a blessing from God to wrap up things, you know, however you want to wrap up your life's ending. So read what you're, you know, before you sign something, read it. And if you're with us and you have a question, ask the question. You know, that we want you to sign something to understand what you're signing. And guys, remember, a lot of people go through great lengths to plan for the house, which is great. And then you have annuities or accounts, stocks, and it's set up with one beneficiary. And as a default, sometimes your broker or the banker will put your estate as a contingent beneficiary. Always make sure that you're aware of what that means. If it's going to your estate as a contingent beneficiary, that means you are going through probate for that account. There is no reason to do that on accounts. You can easily avoid that. Especially if you already have a trust, you can make the trust the beneficiary and it be can become part of your trust assets that get distributed per your plan. So just be careful because sometimes the default isn't always what you want or even the best option. Yeah, because one of the things that happens all the time, let's say we got a grandmother, she names her son as the beneficiary of insurance policy and fine and good and it should be that. But then people fill out forms online and I mean listen this also used to happen when you had insurance agents go 
sell you the policy, but you 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 would buy. Uh, or you go online to fill out the forms, and you put down, okay, well, if something happens to my son, who am I going to leave it to? And you put down your 12-year-old granddaughter. And let's say it's a $100,000 life insurance policy. Let's say it's more. Do you want, if something happens to your son, you want your granddaughter to collect that asset on her 21st birthday? And not only that, in some cases, like if it's an IRA or whatever, things like that, there may be some taxes due. And it's a hassle to get a court order to pay the taxes out of the IRA or retirement plan you need to get a court order in some cases maybe the parents will pay the taxes but still it's it's you got to plan things the right way and ordinarily you're not going to leave somebody less than 18 years of age as a beneficiary and the question is do you even want to leave somebody 19 years of age as beneficiary because can a 19 year old handle money maybe your grandchild can but in a lot of cases you can't and and so again if you want to come in schedule point with us at Connors and Sullivan you give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, and we can speak. I don't even know how many languages we can speak right now, but uh, Michael, do you have the list somewhere? It's been buried under my papers over here. I'll have to get that for the next segment. But there are a lot of languages, at least a dozen or so, I would say, I dare say. Way more than we probably need, but definitely English is our first language. Yeah. And what else do you speak, Nicole? I also speak Spanish. Uh-huh. And with the help of any of our employees, I could speak almost anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. 
Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. My son, Michael. Hello, everyone. And our dog, Otto. He's guarding us. He's, he's looking here. at me, but he's saying, what do you want me to do? <laughs> All right. Now, we've got, we got seminars coming up the uh, the end of October. So, Beth, you want to tell everybody where our seminars are? Yes, I do. Uh, the seminar, are, they're going to be t- the October 24th, 25th, 26th, and 28th. Now, October 24th, we're going to be in Bayside at the Adria. And he'll be talking at 11 o'clock and then at 3 o'clock. On October 25th, we're in Manhattan at the Three West Club. Once again, 11 o'clock and 3 o'clock. Now, where's the Three West Club? Three West 51st Street. Okay. Some people may not know it's on <laughs> that, 51st no, that's Street. that's right. It's on 51st Street. And if you do make a date to, to go to either 11 or 3, it's a beautiful area. St. Patrick's Cathedral is right there. Um, roaming around in that area is, is just lovely. So you could take an app, make it an afternoon. Okay, now October the 26th, we're in Brooklyn, and we're going to be at the Greenhouse Cafe, and that this is a long day. One, one is at 11, one is at 3, and another at 7. So Mike's going to be very tired at 7 o'clock, so we have to be nice to him. Well, it's going to be 9 o'clock by the time we get out of there. <laughs> and then the last one in this set is October 28th, and it's at Staten Islands at Bocelli's. And once again, this one at 11 and one at 3. There you go. Okay, what day of the week is that? Oh, my goodness. Do you start it on Monday? Mm-hmm. So it looks like one Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday? No, well, I'm going to have to look that one up. Who's got a calendar? I do not have a calendar on me. Let's do this now. This didn't make All sense right, but until uh, Michael's looking up while he's doing that. Um, yes, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank goodness. Okay, Monday, October 24th, Bayside, the Adria. Tuesday, October 25th, Manhattan, Three West Club. Um, Wednesday, October 26th, Brooklyn, the Greenhouse. And Friday, October 28th, on Staten Island, Bocelli's. There you go. All right. Now, one of the things about the seminars, and I mean, you can ask whatever question you want. You can ask any question from the floor at the end. And we'll answer all the questions from the floor. 
But most of the time, people ask questions about what they want to do with their house. And if you have questions about capital gains taxes, um, if I sell my house now, how much do I have to pay in capital gains taxes? Well, if you ha- if you can give me a rough idea of what you paid for the house, what expenses you put into the house, improvements, I should say, and what the selling price will be, and who owns the house, whether somebody died in title of the house, I can tell you what the, the tax would be, you know, approximately. So if if that's on your mind, please feel free to do it. And, and one thing, Connors and Sullivan, like I said, we try to do a plan that works you know, down down holistically, so to speak. In other words, we don't want a, a plan that's going to cost you um, money in capital gains tax if we're saving on estate taxes or vice versa. We want to get a plan that you pay the least amount of taxes or your children pay the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally. And we avoid going through court, avoiding probate. And with elder law, we're trying to save assets from nursing home bills. And those of you know, I think most of you should know, that the law on the look-back period for home care Medicaid has changed dramatically January 1st. If, let's say today, you wanted to apply for home care Medicaid, you had a, a relative who's at home, doesn't want to go to a nursing home, and we want to do something, we can put all their assets in a trust today, we're talking about in September, and October 1st, literally, we can apply for home care Medicaid. Home care Medicaid pays for equipment, supplies, home attendance to keep you out of a nursing home. There are a lot of good programs in New York with home care Medicaid. There are programs where you can hire your own home attendants, including your relatives. You can hire your son, your daughter, nephew, niece. Uh, you can hire virtually anybody who's legally authorized to work in the U.S. Now, today, like I said, you can put all your assets in a trust in September, apply in October. You can put all your assets in a trust in October and play in November. Once you get, if you put all your assets in a trust in December and you don't apply to January, you're going to face a 30-month look-back period. And what that means is if you put an application in and you made a gift of, let's say, $100,000, you have to wait about eight months before your Medicaid application would be approved. And eight months can be a long time if you know you need to care desperately. And not only that, you're going to go through the aggravation. Medicaid is going to look through all your financial records for 30 months prior to your application for benefits. So let's say you helped your grandson out with his college education or whatever. And, you know, not technically if you pay the college directly, that's not a gift. But let's say you didn't do it that way. You didn't get the right advice. You, you know, you're not expected to know the whole IRS code. But let's say for the sake of argument, you gave the, the gift to your grandson and then he paid the college tuition, or maybe you gave the gift to your son or daughter and they paid the college tuition. Well, in that way, that gift will be scrutinized and may cause a penalty for home care Medicaid. If you get your application in before the end of the year, they don't scrutinize those transactions. So I can't tell you how important it would be, because even if the the transactions are not a problem, even if they're allowed, it's still going to cause you delay because some bureaucrat's going to look at them and say, hey, what's this, what's that, and you got to figure out your time and in some cases it may be difficult because you know 29 months ago maybe you paid somebody like I said maybe you paid your grandson's tuition but you got a $10,000 withdrawal from your bank and you're not sure what it was for and yeah in some respects it might be easy to try to remember but in some respects it may not be that easy and it's going to cause a delay now if you go to a nursing home the rules still the same you have to document all your transactions for five years prior to your application for benefits 
So if you go to a nursing home and you want to apply for Medicaid to pay for your nursing home bill, and the average cost of a nursing home right now in New York, New York City, is about $16,000 a month. So, again, if you don't plan, you can easily be bankrupted. And some people lose their houses by not planning. And we, we ordinarily want the house in a trust. A trust, you know, is basically a family contract. It's your house as long as you're alive. After you're gone, it goes to the next generation. And it, it works like an insurance policy. The beneficiaries on a life insurance policy and cash in the policy a few days after you're gone without a court proceeding, without going to court, and usually tax-free. And, and, you know, while we're talking about estate tax, a lot of people ask me, well, how much cap, uh, how much estate taxes do my children have to pay when I'm gone? Well, right now, if you live in New York, there's no estate tax under $6 million. So between husband and wife, we can set up trusts where we can leave $12 million out tax-free to the children. The federal amount right now is $12 million per person. And the IRS, at least now, makes it relatively easy if, let's say, husband dies, wife files a return, she carries her husband's $12 million over to her estate, and she can leave $24 million free of federal estate tax. Now, remember, there's a big difference between federal estate tax and New York state estate tax. If you're under $12 million, you're single, you pass away, there's no federal estate tax. If you're worth $7 million, you're a New York state resident, your children have to pay $700,000 in taxes. And that's why some of the people in that tax bracket range, they move to Florida because there's no death tax in Florida. And if you have children, there's no death tax in New Jersey if you have children. Now, if you leave it to your nephews and nieces, New Jersey does impose what we call an inheritance tax, and they do have to pay some money. But, you know, you got to be very careful if you have more than $6 million worth of assets. And some people say, well... Um, well, I don't have $6 million in assets. Uh, you know, yeah, my house is worth a million and change, and I have some IRA money, and that's worth uh, $2 million. And I, But an insurance policy, that's not taxable, is it? Well, let's say you have an insurance policy. You own the policy. You have full control of the ownership of that policy. You can change the beneficiary. That policy is taxable to your estate. I don't care what the insurance agent told you back when you bought the policy. If you own a policy and you can change the beneficiary, that policy is taxable to your state. So if you're over $6 million and that hooks you in, that can cause your children taxes. Like I said, $7 million in New York State, the, the children or the heirs pay $700,000 in taxes. So if you're close to $6 million, you need to do some planning. Even a relatively small amount over $6 million can lead to a real tax. So again, if you're in that bracket, you gotta you gotta work things out, and we can work with you. I do not like the government getting your money. Whatever we do, whatever plan we come out with, we have to get to the point where we don't pay taxes if we're able to. If you're worth thirty million dollars, maybe we have to pay some tax. But even then, you're worth thirty million dollars, we can make divided gifts, and in a lot of cases, we can get thirty million dollars out tax free, at least federally. And if you move to Florida we're good. You move to New Jersey and you got children, we're good. Most of the states in this country do not have a death tax. You know, and 30 some out of the st states in this country do not have a death tax. So um, there, there are a lot of things we can do if you're inclined to move. Now, people ask me, well, can I just move on paper? Can I, you know, buy a house in Florida and say I live there? No, you really do have to live there. Because, you know, like if you get audited, the taxing authorities have 
super powers to check things, and that's not counting the new 87,000 IRS agents that are going to be employing next year. And you don't, I'm still extremely, it's not only that many more, they're going to have guns and use lethal force if necessary. And it's the, on the website. They are hiring people that are willing to carry guns and use lethal force. I'm sorry. I'll be nice. Okay. And you know, here's another thing. Which, let's say you're single and you have assets in excess of $6 million. You're New York State residents. You can't think about leaving some money to charity. And last week, we I mean, it breaks my heart, but last week we talked to Father Paul, and he's in desperate situations right now, and we are planning to do a fundraiser for Father Paul. Um, I, I think the date we settled on was November... November 17th. 17th. He's going to try to get back, but... He doesn't know for sure. You know, there it's just such a mess over there. Um, and we're trying to make it easy for people. We'll we'll let you know more about it. But St. Francis in Beirut is having a hard time these days. For y'all, maybe you didn't hear last week, but um, you know, we got together. Father Paul was blown up. His little hospital, his clinic was blown up in that horrific um explosion in Beirut. And so a I lot believe, of night I, I believe if I recall correctly, it was the largest non nuclear explosion right. caused by men in history. Right. And a lot of friends got together and we purchased we got an ambulance and got the money. They are re- rebuilding the clinic, so that's going on. And then all of a sudden Basically, the war in Ukraine, um, that's where they get a lot of their food. So uh, it's very hard for them to get food now. So he's using the ambulance not only to go out and see people when they're ill, but to bring food to people. So they're getting food from Jordan, from Turkey. So it's... it's just extra desperate now. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Father Paul is a Franciscan, and St. Francis of Assisi's Feast Day is coming up October 4th, and that's when ordinarily you get your pet and animals blessed. So, Beth, are you going to make arrangements to get yes, Otto blessed? Otto's going to be blessed again. He gets blessed each year. And, you know, Otto blesses us here at the office. We now, there are clients. We have clients that um, know Otto is part of our show. And sometimes when they're coming in for their appointment, they say, well, we would love to meet Otto. And so Otto comes in and says hi to them. So he's He's a sweetheart. He's a good, and if you put your hand out, he'll shake your hand. I don't know That's what to a say. sweetheart. I don't know what to say about that. But October fourth is St. Francis of Assisi's feast day, and it's the day for animals to be blessed. So, um, we'll ask Father Paul if he's back to bless Otto that oh, day. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that okay. be nice? But like I said, if you're if you're thinking about charity, leaving your will. Let's say you don't have any money now to leave to charity. Um, maybe when you're doing a, a will or a trust, you can you can think about naming charities in your will or, or trust. Beth, you were about to say something? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we talk about obviously on air. We talk about the 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 the. charities that we love one of them is the john wayne cancer foundation and now that it's 
paired up with my brother's university, University of Texas Tech down in Texas. My brother's currently the chancellor, and he got together with Patrick Wayne and um, my buddy, Anita LaCava-Swift. Anita is John Wayne's oldest granddaughter, and Ethan Wayne, and we got together, and it's the big cure, you know, and so they're... Once again, the research goes on. So um, cancer research, animals, you know, Father Paul. Um, we have a whole list of wonderful charities. I mean, goodness. Yeah. And if you do want to come over, you know, if, if you're thinking about a plan, you say, I'm not sure what charities, we can talk it over. And there there are a lot of charities that could do good work. You, you, you know, you couldn't even list them all. There are charities for veterans. I know a lot of our clients are interested in helping out veterans, especially disabled veterans. Um, and I belong to a number of veterans groups or whatever, so I got to know some of these people. And, you know, it's tough, but if if you if you don't have children or you want to make leave a small part of your estate to charity, you know, don't be afraid to give us a call. And let's say for the sake of argument, you don't have children, you don't have nephews and nieces that you're close to. And if, if you want to set up a charitable plan and you, you want to leave something to charity, I would love to talk to you because, you know, you can do something good with what you saved over your lifetime. It, it could be some a charity that you know of, not something, you know, we, we don't have to tell you if you think, oh, I would love to give something to my church or you've heard of one that you're tunnels to tower, you know, anything. Right. So if you, if you do, give us a call. At 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. If that case, if you're thinking about leaving a charity, ask for me. Schedule an appointment with me. Again, I go to the, the Brooklyn office. I'm here usually about twice a week. And then I usually get to one of the Queen's offices once a week, Staten Island close to once a week, and Staten Island close to once a week. And I do work six days a week if you do the math on that. So, And um, he's getting old. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't be rude. Yeah. <laughs> but we are we do have Saturday appointments. Uh, usually one of our offices open virtually every Saturday, whether it's, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. Manhattan we're usually not open on Saturday. I withdraw that comment. Um, but Brooklyn, Queens, both of our Queens offices and Staten Island, we are open one Saturday a month at these offices. So if if, if you want to see me, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't hesitate. If, you, if you're thinking about doing something with charity, give us a call, and we'll try to, you know, work out a plan. And, you know, we'll try to do the best we can. It's up to you. Everything is up to you. When you're doing a will, people always ask me the question, like, what should I do? Well, there's not something, what should I do? You should do something. And that's all I can say. And, you know, when we start a first draft of a will, you can read it over and change the whole thing. Don't feel pressured that you have to sign something. You know, we we want it to be as comfortable as possible. And, yes, we do encourage you to do something because occasionally every once in a while people correct procrastinate they die without a will and a couple of bad things can happen one their assets may go to the state if they don't have relatives and i just want to reiterate this that if you're you're you were married your husband and wife died your spouse's relatives are not your relatives under new york state law so some people think well i have nephews and nieces they read well if you have nephews and nieces the assets don't go to the state 
but your husband's nephews and nieces, your wife's nephews and nieces are not your nephews and nieces. And in some cases, people, husband and wife, husband has relatives, wife doesn't have relatives. Husband dies first, wife dies second. Wife doesn't have a will. Her assets may go to New York State. And it, it happens a little bit more than you think. And again, the other to see other side of the coin is, and I, I even see some, you know, some of these plans, uh, the wills you get printed off the internet. They say they give you one beneficiary, you leave it to your whatever nephew or niece, and they say we if my nephew or niece dies, it goes to those relatives who are my next of kin by law, whether it says that directly or indirectly, and. You sit down with who your relatives, your next of kin by law. In some cases, they're cousins you may not even stand. Or cousins, in a lot of cases, in today's world especially, uh, a lot of times if you have cousins, you don't even know where they are or who they are, whether they're alive or dead, because it's not the way the world used to be, where everybody lived within 50 miles of where they grew up. Now today, you know, people move. I don't have cousins in the New York area anymore. Um, You know, a couple here and there, but really, you know, when you think about it, Cousins are scattered all over the country, and, and sometimes, obviously, you're going to lose touch. All so, my cousins are in Texas, for example. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> we have, I have one question. And we're running out of time oh, very no, quickly okay. right now. Okay. Well, yeah, keep going, because I'll ask next week. Maybe you hold the question until next week. Okay. Again, we're going to be on the same stations and times next week god willing of course there may be a football game here and there that throws off our schedule but for the most part we're going to be in the the same station same times next week in the meanwhile give us a call at connors and sullivan at 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 god bless keep in touch we'll hear you next week bye-bye everybody thank you so much for joining us and just one little reminder if you ever want to check out a seminar You can get it online at YouTube.com. Just search Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. Once again, thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.